Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the show for the fastest game on two feet. Brought to you by Vieira Lacrosse and Sport, Central Florida's premier center for the finest lacrosse equipment, apparel, and training. Now, here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Of Lacrosse and Sport, I'm Steve Jordan, and with me always is my very good best friend, brother from another mother, Roger, coming at you from Florida. How's it going over there, Roger? It's going really well, Steve, and it's so awesome to connect with you in a fairly short period of time, relatively. We, we sometimes go periods that uh, it goes entirely too long, but glad, glad to be with you again, buddy. And this is, um, of course, I'm always in a good mood, but I had a, I had a little bit of a tough week. Uh, as we're yes, I know. So, but but um, there's a silver lining to that story, by the way. And uh, on the same day, the incident that we're going to discuss tonight, there was an incident that was the polar opposite about a nanosecond afterwards that I'd like to highlight as well. So it ended on a positive, but I thought. Well, let's not give too much away. Let's not yeah. give too much away. I know you're really excited to talk about this as I am, because I think it's super relevant, not just in the game of lacrosse, but in any sport and in life. And this is a topic that I think is going to hit people uh, to the core, no pun intended, uh, really is going to I get people saying, aha, and maybe reevaluate their procedures, their even parenting skills or the way that they are in life and how they show up. And uh, I hope it does at the very least. And it's a topic that you wrote in your blog. And you told me the other day to read this blog out of a incident that occurred uh, at a tournament practice that you um, you had. Right. Is that correct? You you have a tournament team and you were at a practice and this event occurred and it really upset you and put you in a place where the blog became more than just a place to post. It became your outlet to let this incident go and put it out there to be cathartic is that true oh is it true so so one of the and and you blog as well so you know this full well the purpose of a blog is to be cathartic right but it's not just to vent right it's it's to let out your passion and most of the time it's an exciting thing it's something you're excited about you need to share it with all these people you need to share something that's exciting and pithy and personal and wonderful but it, but every now and then there's 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 a negative thing that you experience that also sparks passion that you need to talk about and at the same time yes steve it is cathartic so yes and yeah and, and you know me so well i it, and I, <laughs> I love the fact that you were able to pick up on the catharticism is that even a word but the, the catharticism of the article because you know me so well you read the words and you're like yes you really needed to do this for your own psyche Without even knowing the story, you told me to read this. You said, just read this article. I want to do a podcast on this. This is something that happened to me today without even going any further into it. Um, I read the title. It was a little ambiguous. I didn't really know exactly what it meant. The erosion of self-accomplishment in children. You know, and um, for you audience, you know, listening, you too might be like, what is this about? So when I read that and then I read into it about a paragraph or two, I realized that this was something that Roger really needed to do to let this to let this go and put it out in the universe. And uh, and now we're sharing it with you. So, Roger, why don't you give us a little background without going into too much detail uh, about the erosion of self-accomplishment in children? 
So this goes back to when I was originally the president. I'm the original president of this lacrosse club, but I didn't start it by myself. There was two other gentlemen that started it with me. They were older than me. I had the OCD-ness and the obsession with lacrosse, and I had more time because I had my own business. They worked for corporations, so they said, listen, you have to be president. We could tell you're going to take this to another level, but at the same time, you're young. I was only 33 years old, and, you know, you look at a, you hear 33. I know, you so know, young it's, now, it's right? It's not baby, but, it, but you know what? I graduated school in terms of, you know, I got my doctorate when I was 26, so I wasn't really in the workforce till almost 27. You know, you're relatively young, and, and certainly I was brand spanking new to coaching and dealing with parents. So here we are at the end of the season, our first season. I said, okay, I got a great idea, guys. I want to have um, levels of award. I wanted three levels of award. I wanted most outstanding player for each division, and I wanted most improved player, so the players come the longest way, and I want best sportsmanship award. And you know what the older guy said to me? No. What? It's mm. not the culture we live in. You can't single out three guys from each team. And I go, why not? That's how it worked when I played. And he said, no, 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 no. Everybody gets a trophy. And I thought to myself, well, what the heck is the point of motivating yourself and working hard and being on the wall every second and running and conditioning yourself when your achievement is not going to be recognized any more than the guy who doesn't do any of that and barely shows up to practice, but he still gets a participation award. So this is that's the greater context of what we're talking about is this whole culture of, well, it's going to hurt my kids' feelings if those three boys are recognized or those three girls are recognized. That's just wrong. That's a bad message. It's going to hurt my kids' feelings. So that's where it really started. And it's been, and I, you know what, Steve, I'm the president of the club, and you and I have discussed this. Year in and year out, I still get voted out on participation mm. awards. Mm. I can't stand them. They make me seethe. My son, and maybe he's a little influenced by my wife and I, but he, you know what he does with his medal, his participation medal? He hangs it on my he dog's neck. It. Here you go, Bernie. You worked as hard as I did for this. <laughs> I remember I remember I remember seeing that post that it was a really authentic and organic post that your wife, Melissa, had interviewed Austin, your son, about the participation medal. And it was not premeditated. It was off the cuff. And she asked him what he thought about it and what its value was. And he had no, he had no reservation in saying it really doesn't mean anything to me i didn't earn it. it everybody got it it doesn't have as much value as if i had gotten an mvp or whatever it was he just felt it was it was nothing it didn't have any value whatsoever and raj when i heard this happening i don't have a kid yet um i've you know have been able to see around and hear some of my parents that i train and their kids going through sport and hearing the participation medal and uh trophies that are awarded when I first heard that many years ago, my blood curled, curdled. I was so upset that that is the way that it is. I just saw on on uh, Facebook two days ago that they canceled school on Thursday or whatever date. What's today? Wednesday on Monday because it was too hot. 
because it was too hot. They canceled school in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, the town that next door to where we grew up with, because yeah. it was too hot. Yeah. Come on, people. What's this world coming to? We're getting soft here. We may be getting smarter, and technology is building that bridge to you know getting us to a, a bigger, brighter, better future. But we're not we're, we're not building the the type of person that needs that we need to be able to sustain longevity and consistency in life. And this medal of everybody getting a good medal and you're you're good just if you show up if you're on the team. It sucks, and I'm not <laughs> for it. I don't agree with it. Call me, you know, uh, a fascist, whatever you want to call. But I'm from the school. You work for it, you earn it. If you deserve it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And if you don't, work harder, do more, right. practice, practice more, study more, do whatever you got to do more to get better. And maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you can't be the best at lacrosse. Maybe you won't ever become an MVP. Maybe you won't be, get an honor. Maybe that's not your thing, but maybe later in life you'll find it at 25 or 30 or 35 when you do something else and you're the, the star, you know, of your business or you're the biggest salesman in whatever you do. That, you know, in my opinion, you, you got to learn to fail because I have a saying in my training and I have a saying in my life that changed my life. This saying is where there's a breakdown, there's the possibility and I emphasize possibility for a breakthrough, right? So if you're not the best, if you're not good, if you break can down, you see me if you have right a now, failure, I can. If you have a failure, <laughs> if you screw up a play, you learn from that. You grow from that. Yep. If you read any successful book in history from Ben Franklin to uh, Leonardo da Vinci, anybody who has been successful, they've all failed. And they learned from their failures. Tom and they Brady. Grew from them. Yep. Perfect example. Passed over, passed over, passed over, passed over, passed over, passed over, you know, um, and that so motivated him, drove him. So, so back to Austin real quick. What, one of my favorite comments that he made in that whole video that you're talking about was when he said, well, you go to practice, you play the games. Why should everybody get award, an award for doing what you're supposed to do? Yes. Remember he said that? He goes, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to practice. You're supposed to play the games. So why do you get an award for something you're supposed to do? It's like getting – I remember he said to me, not in the video, but he said to me, do I get an award for eating lunch because that's what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, God, this boy's got it, right? He, yeah. he understands it, and I think part of it is because of the way we're raising him. My wife, she's a tough love mom. You know that. A um, mm -hmm. lot of love, but you know what? You have to – there's accountability in life and you have to be accountable anyway. So let's go through the, the incident. <clears throat> we have a three tournament summer season. I coach this team, a, a team called uh, the space coast stingrays. And I'm not going to mention the name of the player, or the name of the parent. I don't, you know, I don't want to alienate people or isolate people. And, and we I know who you are. Yeah. Well, I don't want to especially I don't want to alienate the kid because the kid really I don't I don't think he really played a role in this, honestly. He's a great yeah. kid. So anyway, long story short, we're two tournaments in and at the end of practice on Sunday, we're going into our last tournament. We've had a nine uh, it's a nine week season. It's week eight. Our last tournament is this weekend. 
we have a great practice. I'm coming off a of practice. I'm feeling great. And this player's father marches up to me, who's a very big man, very big man, and his son's a very big boy. And he says, hey, is blankety-blank going to see more playing time in this tournament than he's seen in the previous ones? And I said, well, that's, sir, that's going to d- depend on the circumstances. That's not what I wanted to hear, he said. And I said, why is that? I said, um, everybody's got their own specialty position. Uh, there's a lot of role players on this team, and we're a competitive team, and I've been very clear from the start that playing time is not guaranteed. And when the circumstances dictate is when the players and the personnel will be in there. And he went on a profanity-laden tirade against me to the extent that some of the dads were starting to line up behind me because they thought he was going to try to hit me. And he did it in front of the kids, so his son's teammates, the parents saw it. And to my credit, (laughs) with my Jersey background even, I didn't really retaliate. I just said, sir, his biggest point was I paid this amount of money so that my son could only play 20% of the time. I said, actually, 20% is really good. Your son's a very new player. He's new to the sport relatively, and he's a backup to this other player who's got a lot more experience, who he's learning from. We have a positional dedicated coach to this position who's the head coach of one of the high school programs in his county, who I have the utmost respect for. And by the way, I've had a professional lacrosse player, Brian McGill, our mutual friend, come down here twice at the expense of the club to train your son. And your son is playing with the best players in the county on this team throughout eight high schools, right? So between the experience of playing with the elite players, playing the best teams in the state, even 20, 25% of the time, and having the best coaching, you're mad? I think I think your son has gotten twice as good as he was when the season started. I'm very proud of his achievement. He's a wonderful kid, and he's getting better, and I'm excited for his future. And he told me to go F myself. Well, I heard more details of the story, and I have to give you kudos for holding yourself back from not losing your shit. Uh, because I don't know if I would have been able to. And uh, that was the first thing that I, I want to acknowledge you for. That was really very mature of you. And um, the second is what you said to the to the kid afterwards made my made me feel even even better. And maybe you can just share that, you know, without yeah, so, getting into so, too so, much detail. Yeah, real quick. His dad said, um, I said, sir. I can let this all go, and we can move on, and your son could have a great experience in the upcoming Florida Cup. And that's what I really want you to do because I know he wants to play. He's never once complained to me. He loves getting better, and he loves the minutes that he gets, and he makes the most of them. And he said, F that, right? He's being very classy. F that. Zach, we're effing done. Pack up your stuff. F this team and F that coach is what he said. So at that point, I just turned to his son, and I said, you know what, blankety-blank, not going to use his name, I said, hey, keep playing, keep getting better, you've got so much potential, you're so new to this game, keep playing, wherever it may be, wherever your dad wants you, you play. 
And he said, thank you, coach. So he walks away with his dad. And then I turned to my team and I thought about the embarrassment of this child. You know, he's 15, but he's a child, right? Big boy, but he's a child. And I said to my team, I said, listen, if I hear that any one of you boys are giving this boy any flack about this, we're going to have a serious problem because this is not on him. This is his dad. Did you ever hear this boy complain once? No, coach, we did not. Exactly. He took his minutes just like the rest of you do. Not all of you start, but you take your minutes, you make the most of them, and you're proud of them, and you're proud of being part of this team. He was one of those guys. Promise me you will not mess with this boy. No, sir, we won't. That was very important to me because it was not the boy. And it was up to him. Uh, I guarantee you he'd be at this tournament this weekend. And that was awesome. I think that you giving him that out and making him still feel like he was part of something, although his dad didn't want him to, might have shifted something in his personality. And, you know, everything happens in life for a reason. We don't know what, how, why. You know, I give this, you know, the father – you know, I hope that you can reconcile with yourself first and then with your son uh, for this incident that occurred. But there could be something, this could be a tipping point in this son's maturity and his growth when, you know, he does something, you know, he can now maybe take some more ownership of something, more responsibility and do things that he needs to and wants to do without maybe his parents or his dad having any governing uh, of him because I know that I can relate as a kid. My dad, loving father, great, awesome. Not that my dad ever did that, but there were times in our relationship where it was strained, where I want to do something or he didn't want me to, or this or that, whatever it was. But it helped to grow me. And it, it, I, there were times I was embarrassed. There was times when I, you know, I probably wasn't supposed to be doing what I was doing, but he embarrassed me in front of friends and other people. And I grew from the experience. And I, I, I hope that this kid does too and knows that you know whatever happened was not his fault and he did his best he showed up and he played um so going back to that story raj what's you know your opinion on you know this whole about kids getting trophies awards for achievements that they didn't necessarily deserve you haven't really highlighted that tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that well i told you i've been i've been against it from from the outset but i was overruled by older gentlemen that said the culture's changed guys and roger you need to understand this you're a young guy you know i'm not a young guy anymore i can be 43 years old next month um but so we're talking going back steve to 2010 i'm sorry 2009 when i started the club so we're talking eight years ago, that whole culture had already started, right? And it's only yeah. getting worse. And so I'm really, I'm still, ve- I don't want to say vehement, bad word. I'm still vociferous in the notion that participation medals breed weakness. They celebrate mediocrity. So what's the... So what's your, as a coach, someone who doesn't believe in that, and as an advocate of this game sport in life, how do you reconcile it? How do you make this better? How do you go against the grain? It's very easy to reconcile. If you look at Herm Edwards, you know Herm Edwards? He is um, phenomenal. He, he coached my beloved Jets, who are one of the worst football teams in history, but um, he was a great coach, and he did well, very, very well under him. He's a Hall of Fame cornerback from the uh, the Eagles, 
and he's a great color commentator on uh, ESPN for football, but he has started something called the Positive Coaching Alliance. And the Positive Coaching Alliance is something that it's for every sport. It's not just for football. It's for every sport. And it has to come down to the Positive Coaching Alliance in that we focus more on positive uh, reinforcement, not negative. Why'd you do that again? I've told you so many times. Why do you keep doing that? No, that's not what you do. Instead, you say, hey, look, we've been through this a few times. You do a lot of great things, by the way. I saw you get a great ground ball. I saw you do this. I saw you do that. There's got to be five positives for every one negative. So yeah, I saw you do this. I said, you've had a great practice, but you, you've made this mistake again repeatedly. So obviously there's potential there. You're a good player. But this is something we've got to work on. So let's work on that. Can you, can, can you be there with me to do that? Right? You see the difference? Right? And, and that's yes. a positive coaching alliance. And I think every, any coach out there, whatever the sport it is, you need to go out there and Google Herm Edwards positive coaching alliance. It's just amazing. So I think it starts there. But I don't believe, I, it, while, we ha while positive reinforcement is exactly what we need to do, and, and you as trainers got, yes, Steve, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is what you do for a living, especially. And there's some probably some sorry ass cases that you have to <laughs> that, that are I'm sure in your mind are like, wow, there's going to be a challenge. That, but yet yeah, you have I, to find every little positive thing they do and motivate them. And you're good at that. So I think you'd be a great I, coach, by the way. I, uh, I, I call it a sandwich. I sandwich one positive give the constructive criticism and then sandwich it with another positive. So, um, yes, yeah, so it's very similar to what, uh, this coach talks about the five, the one. So yeah, it's, it is challenging, you know, bro. It's a, it's a tough situation when you got to tell someone they're not good enough or they need to go, uh, do more on the outside, but you're, you're empowering them. You're not leaving them there to hang to dry. You're giving them, tools or resources or opportunities to be able to get better and coach them to develop their skills. Not everybody, you know, there's another saying, we used to grow up with a mindset that athletes were made, not were, were born, not made, right? If you had natural talent, oh, he's an, he was a natural athlete growing up, uh, they were born, not made. Well, that's quite the contrary today. I say athletes are made, not born. Because I'd rather have a kid who is not as athletic but has a tremendous work ethic and was willing to do whatever it takes to become a better athlete than the natural athlete who's half-assing half it because he knows he or she is better or can do it. But come any situation under pressure, he or she may, may break because they don't have the, the fortitude, the foundation, that work ethic that that other player had to really get through the challenging times, the you know, hunger. there's something, yeah, the hunger, there's something in when you got to work for something and you need to earn it and you need, it's, it's, you, you appreciate it more. It's also another example that I use with my clients. If fitness and getting in shape and losing weight was easy, everybody would be doing it. There is no easy way out. Many people disguise it. They do like silly, you know, what I consider silly types of programs and, 
gimmicky other stuff. types of dist- gimmicky things that you know distract you to make you think that you're doing it right. There's no substitute for hard work. And what I say is, it's like winning the lottery. Ninety-eight percent of the people that win the lottery go broke because they don't have <laughs> the foundation of what I call money health to be able to manage their money, and they go broke. Professional athletes stati- go broke. It's a st- yeah, it's a statistic exactly. So, but when you earn it and you work hard for it and you gain those possessions or that money or whatever it is, you're going to hold on to it more. I know when I make the more in the past five years, the more I've had, the more I store, the more I save. When I had less, I was more frivolous and careless about my money than I am now. It's so funny. You and And, I are very similar in that manner. Yeah. (laughs) I'm finally responsible with money. (laughs) I I, I think everybody is. I don't think it's just us. I think it's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, and and it's all like, again, going back to how you do one thing is how you do everything. I know I've got all these sayings for stuff, but it's because I do this day in and day out. And I listen to the best mentors, coaches, uh, people that are talking the walk and walking the talk who coach the most influential people in the world. And I'm one of them. You know, I, I work with billionaires, people who run billion dollar companies, professional athletes. Right now, I've got Blake uh, Griffin in my studio working out. And I'm not, I'm not you know, he, this guy's a an all star NBA player who I'm not training one on one, but he's in my presence and I'm having conversations with him and with the physical therapist who is training him right now and helping him recover during a, after a foot surgery. Uh, before he, you know, before the season starts. So, you know, I'm in these conversations and hearing what the elite are saying, doing, hearing and acting. And it's important to build those habits early because if you don't have them early, you're never going to, it's going to be much more difficult and challenging to have them later in life. All wonderful points. And, you know, I'm going to go back to my son, Austin, for, I got two points real, real quick. I'm going to go back to my son, Austin, and, and, you know, I beam with pride about my son, and I, I, I don't want to be too much of a daddy here, but I will tell you this. Austin did not make the U11 Venom team this spring. The Venom, so we have Vipers. That's our rec. They play rec. That is all play. Everybody gets equal play, right? Rec is rec. It's developmental. Yes, when you pay for rec, you pay for your son to play or your daughter to play and they are going to play because winning is not the objective development and having fun and growing in the sports the objective well there's not we don't have a u9 travel team but two of austin's friends were promoted to the u11 travel team and austin said and then we they're called the venom and he goes well how come i'm not venom and i said austin i'm going to tell you straight up and i looked him in the eye and i said because you're not good enough <laughs> and he says, why am I not good enough? I'm like, well, first of all, you're nine months younger than both of those boys. You know, they barely – Austin is very young in his age division, and these guys were really close to the cutoff, and, but very good players. But they're his best friends. He's been playing with them forever. So he's like, but Zach and Jackson went, and I think I'm pretty good. I'm like, but you're not as good as them, son. So I said, listen, play in rec, get better. Keep advancing in your game and have fun. It's okay. It's okay to not make it. Well, anyway, Austin has a dominant rec season. He kills it. He has 20 points in seven games, and he's top two players in the entire rec division, right? 
And then guess what happens to Austin? He gets invited to join the U11 summer tournament team because that's the really important team when you're playing the summer tournaments against all the best teams in the state. It's a full weekend. You're staying at hotels. This is good stuff. He got invited. And I'm not the coach of that team, by the way. He had to earn that. This is not daddy ball. So he was invited to come to a couple practices to see if he could make the grade. And the coach came up to me and he goes, yep, he's ready. Let's get him a uniform. Get him the helmet wrap. He's officially Venom. I will tell you what. That means so much more to my son right now than anything on the planet because he knows he earned it. And he knows I'm president of the club. I probably could have cajoled and pressured and done the unethical thing and put my son somewhere he doesn't belong. But I didn't do it. And I won't do it. And I'll never do it. And you know what? My son is better for it, and he's so proud of being a Venom player, and he just tells everybody all the time, everywhere he goes, even his hair cutter. He goes, I made the Venom team, and I'm only eight years old. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and his, hair awesome. like, his hair cutter's like, oh, what's that? He goes, oh, it's my lacrosse team, and it's really cool. And, you know, I didn't make it at first, but I'm ready now. You know, he's so proud of it. Self-accomplishment. Mm-hmm. He knows yep. he's got to work and perform to be there. And even that, he plays 30% of the time. He's eight. All right? He's playing with nine, 10, 11-year-olds. And I'm okay with that. I'm his dad. I'm like, that's perfectly fine. And I told the coach, I'm like, do not feel for one second any obligation to play my son other than when he deserves it and when it's appropriate. And he goes, trust me, I wouldn't take that pressure from you even if you put it on me. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, and I said, great. And he plays, you know, and if if there's a comfortable lead, Austin gets more playing time. If we're getting blown out, this happens occasionally, he's getting more playing time. But if it's a tight game, man, he's in there maybe 25% of the time, and I'm okay with that because just being on that team makes him better. It makes him proud. So that's one Absolutely. point. Point number two real quick, um, and I'm talking a lot. I'm really fired up about this. But 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 point number two is that mom followed up with a, you know, dad's barrage to me wasn't bad enough. But mom followed up with this scathing email to me. And she said to me, what is the motivation you're providing for these players when they don't get to play? And I just Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't email back. I'm just like, I'm done with this. But hello, what better motivation is there? To get better than playing time, right? Yeah. You've been second string in your life. I've been second string in my life. I've been third string in my life. My biggest motivation was to not be third, second string anymore. My motivation was to do everything I could possibly do on this planet, stick skill-wise, physically. You and I did it together all of that off-season training. So we would not be second string. We would not accept it. That was our motivation. Absolutely. Our standards were high. And, you know, I think this is a, a good – we can go on and on about this. It is a, a great ending, you know, to uh, an opportunity to learn and grow from a breakdown, not only in yourself and your coaching. Again, I acknowledge you for the way that you – performed and you reacted or lack of reacted to this uh, opportunity here or to give someone an op- to give someone the ability to see what they've done. Um, you know, parents, if you're listening, 
uh, or, you know, coaches, if you're listening, I think the one thing we really need to stress here is every individual is an individual to each his own. We have to acknowledge that and do our best as coaches and raise our standards as coaches, as influencers, as parents to instill a, 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 a lesson in the students, the son, daughter, the player's life that they may not win all the time. It's not a winning life. So life isn't always sunshine, rainbows. It's, it's sometimes up and it's sometimes down and probably more often down. And it's not what you do when you're up. It's what you do when you're down that I believe makes a successful individual. It's how you react in the face of, of adversity that really makes somebody who they are and shine and become the man, the woman that will make this world a better place. Let's all remember Michael Jordan got cut from his basketball team when he was a sophomore. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player that ever lived. And I know we love Steph Curry and LeBron and Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. MJ still the best ever. I agree. MJ got cut as a sophomore from his team. He had to sit out a season. What did MJ do? Do you think his dad called and bitched at the coach for it? I doubt it. <laughs> MJ, actually, in interviews, he became more determined to get there. You know, and, and I'm not talking about wreck, Steve. Big distinction. You know, wreck is wreck. Yes, if you're sitting kids because you, you're bent on winning a wreck game, then yes, you're an ass pipe as a coach. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a competitive team. We're expected to win. This is high school ball, right? And my last point is we're in game, let's see, game four. We're now 3-0. and This is the last tournament. We're undefeated. If we beat this team that we're playing, we go to the semifinal of the whole freaking tournament. See, there's 130 teams in this tournament. We're going to semifinal. Mm. What what message do I send to my other 20 players on that team that gave their heart and soul and dug and are bruised and battered and tired playing five games in a weekend when the game is on the line and I don't have the best personnel possible out there that I know can win this game? What message do I do? Do I send these guys and say, I'm going to put this kid in because I don't want his daddy to get mad at me. And then we lose the game. And now we're not in the semifinal. And now our season's over. Or I'm sorry, the tournament's over. We don't advance. It's done. Boom. We get some you're happy gonna have, consolation. You're going to have a lot of – I have a responsibility yeah, to all those other kids as well, don't I? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of deflated – uh, individuals who they'll are going to lose their motive. Yeah, they're going to lose their they'll motivation. Have, they're going to quit again because they won't have faith in me as a coach. They'll say, you know what? He doesn't care about winning. He just wants right. to appease. He's just. Well, a I think you've made. I know you made the right decision. I wouldn't lose any more sleep on it. I'm glad you wrote that, and I hope that the audience has learned from your experience here. Really and read the blog. It's a, it's a, it's. A, yeah, it's a great it's a great blog on creators-game.com. 
Uh, it's your latest one, The Erosion of Self-Accomplishment in Children. It's a really invaluable lesson and just a little bit more insight into the story. I recommend the, the listeners take a look at that. Well, thank you for agreeing with me to take it up on the podcast. Um, and thank you for seeing it as big of an issue as it really is because it's, yes. it's something that's really important. And now you're so, you're so fully engaged in this whole deal now, you know, in the past few years, you're such an important part of the pro camps and, um, the messaging and the podcasting and all the things that we're trying to accomplish. I know your schedule is crazy. So you yourself cannot coach teams out in California. I am hoping sincerely that you can change that narrative at some point. I would love oh, to see you coaching young people. I, well, I, I know once I have a child, boy or girl, I would definitely do that. So the wife and I are going to be working on that soon. And yes, get, newlyweds. Uh, Congratulations, yes. by the way. Thank Great you. Great wedding Thank in California. You. That was amazing. Thank you. Uh, so I will. There's no doubt in my mind that I won't do that. Awesome. Well, pleasure connecting with you as always. I bid you a very fond farewell. To all of you lax people out there, you may disagree with me, and I respect that, and that's fine. Keep listening anyway because opinions, you know, the more perspectives we get, the better The better we can make this whole project and experiment better. Steve, any parting words? Farewell. See you next time. Lax on, everybody. I love you. <laughs>